cult podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence and is not recommended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seriously. If you like our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Cult Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show for show updates. And please rate and review our show on iTunes. If you've been in a cult and you want to tell us about it, email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require monetary or physical sacrifices as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organization in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Marie Bella. And today we are talking about the nation of Yahweh. Yay! Yes. So our research today comes from the Nation of Yahweh website, Yahweh Ben Yahweh's website, his own personal one, the Daily Mail, UK, ModernNation.com, the Los Angeles Times, and the Southern Poverty Law Center, who define this group as both a cult and a supremacist group, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, and translations of both the Old and New Testament in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, as well as the current English versions for comparison, in case you were wondering. I forgot to say all of my sources on the last episode. <laughs> that is okay. I'm just, I'm trying to get into the habit of it going forward so that the next time somebody emails us, I'm like, boom, receipts. Yeah, receipts are so important. That's what I want. <laughs> it's good that we're doing this, but it's bad that we've turned into some fucking nerds. Yeah, deal with it. I was always pretty much a nerd on this podcast. I was going to say, this, no, that changes nothing. This, this for... changes nothing. I yeah. even have a George Lucas note in this. There's, that changes nothing. I was trying to look cool for the fans, but um, I'm, one of, I'm one of you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So before we really get started into this cult, uh, it's time for Paige's Bible History Corner. Are we ready? Yeah! What? what? All right, let's talk about the name Yahweh. So in the Old Testament, this name refers to the God of the Israelites. This name was re- revealed to Moses as four Hebrew consonants. Uh, y, H, W, and H. Until this point, he had simply been referred to as God Almighty. Um, that Y-H-W-H is referred to as the Tetragrammaton. So it has no vowels. It is just those four letters. After Israel's exile from Babylon in the 6th century BCE, which continued through the 3rd century BCE, the use of this name Yahweh became less common, uh, deferring instead to a more common version of the noun referring to God, Elohim. This was considered a way to designate their God as sovereign above all others in a time when monotheism was uncommon. Cliff notes of that. Basically, if you refer to something just as God, you're referring to it as as if no one else's gods are valid. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, At the time, the only other monotheistic religion was Zoroastrianism. Oh, okay. Notable, notable um, congregants, I guess. Notable believers in Zoroastrianism. uh, Freddie Mercury. Fun fact. There you go. Fun fact. Uh, The name Yahweh was considered too secret to be uttered. Uh, In synagogue rituals, the name Yahweh was often replaced with the word Adonai, which translates to my Lord. Uh, In the Greek versions of the scriptures, this is translated as Kyrios. 
From the 6th to the 10th century AD, the Hebrew Bible and the compilations of writings that we now refer to as the New Testament were compiled into what modern-day Christians would refer to as the Bible. The Latin was still widely spoken at the time. The spelling of Yahweh changed. So, because there's no Y in the Latin alphabet, it was often substituted with an I or a J. And to make the tetragrammaton easier to pronounce... The spaces between the consonants were filled in with the letters A and E to represent both Adonai and Elohim. So in Hebrew, that makes the word pronounceable as Yahweh. In Latin, it becomes either Jehovah or Jehovah or Jehovah because it's an I. If that sounds familiar to you, that's because you've probably seen this movie. to say and to demonstrate that this is a name that has held power over a lot of people for a long time. It's very important to a ton of people and it's going to be used quite liberally <laughs> with this next organization. So Yahweh Ben Yahweh uh, was originally born Hulan Mitchell Jr. in 1935. His father was a Pentecostal preacher in Oklahoma. If you're not familiar with Pentecostal preachers um, or just Pentecostal Christianity in general, uh, that's usually where we get speaking in tongues from. So a lot of the, you know, yeah, come yeah. in a Honda. Yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You say come in a Honda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's, a, it's a long-running Christian joke that if you want to sound like you're speaking in tongues, it's she come in a Honda, left in an Acura. Just like kind of, it's oh, it's gibberish. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, many Christian denominations are really torn on... Right where speaking in tongues falls on the level of legitimacy, basically. Um, some people are all for it. Other people are like, it's the devil. So right. hit or miss. Um, some reports allege that he temporarily joined the Nation of Islam in 1960, um, but left a decade later. It's not really sure why, um, but I did find a couple accounts of shady dealings. Uh, he resurfaced in the local Christian community a few years later, claiming to be a man named Father Michael, mod modeled after another preacher named Father Divine. So a note on Father Divine, who we will definitely need to do an own, his own episode on oh. at some point. Uh, so Father Divine was a massive source of inspiration for many would-be cult leaders of the time. He was a close friend of Jim Jones. And he would go on to model the People's Temple after Father Divine's congregation, which was a cult in its own right. Oh, okay. Um, Father Divine passed away in about 1965. So um, most of the people that were inspired by him kind of came after. This is another one of them. But Jim Jones literally credits Father Divine with most of his ideas. Hmm. So Wow. After accusations of tithe swindling, um, Father Michael slash Yahweh Ben Yahweh... <laughs> 
uh, fled Atlanta for Florida. There's no way to know if the accusations were true or not, but he did leave. He relocated to Miami in 1978. At that time, as well as now, uh, Florida is a pretty tense racial environment. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because it's the South in the 70s. Right. So Hulon set up shop again and began preaching, this time with the message that African Americans were the true children of God and that white people were an abomination. Now, this is not as crazy as it sounds. Um, The Garden of Eden was said to be in or near modern day Africa. Mm -hmm. So if you're a huge Bible scholar, again, you're like, well, yeah, that's that's where that was. Um, Moses, Joseph, and other biblical figures, famous biblical figures, spent large amounts of time in and around Egypt. Uh, He collected a few members of a group of people who called themselves African Hebrew Israelites, who saw themselves as the true people of the Old Testament. So, a a note on this group. Only a small amount of that group followed them. They are part of a larger group who, again, probably somebody we should cover (laughs) in their own right. Sounds like it. It does sound like it. Uh, They settled in about three communities in southern Israel. They live a vegan diet. They practice preventative health care and holistic medicine, and they hold themselves to a high moral standard. Um, Many elements for the initial basis of the nation of Yahweh apply to their organization as well, and then they change drastically. So at this point, once he had kind of gathered a small following, um, Hulon slash Father Michael declared himself to be a black messiah and then renamed himself Yahweh Ben Yahweh, Right around 1981. Okay. So, from Yahweh Ben Yahweh's own website, which is insane. Like, please go look at it. And it's just YahwehBenYahweh.com. So, Y-A-H-W-E-H. Right. Israel spelling. Right. Or Jewish spelling. Ben, and then Yahweh.com. Um, it starts with a partial quote from Isaiah 9-6, which, if you grew up super protestant like me you would probably know this verse and it's super topical because it's usually the verse that we read for the first sunday of advent which is the day we're recording this actually oh yeah today is the first sunday of advent i mean by the time this airs this will be a week old but right now it's the first sunday of advent i have a great advent calendar this do you really yeah i'm pretty excited about it all bath products nice (laughs) glittery lotions and such yes so oh wow there's a website well oh are you looking at it yeah i'm about to read that quote below it just the 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 picture alone the picture alone here's the other thing too is it's it's basically an old-timey geocities website that website continues to be maintained by people who are still believers, essentially. There's not a ton of them. They're they're a very small faction, um, but they report on the court and case dealings of various members who have ended up on the wrong side of the law, which we'll cover in a little bit. Hmm. So, if you know anything about the first Sunday of Advent, it's the Day of Prophecy. So, on Yahweh Ben Yahweh's website... He just has Isaiah 9-6, Prince of Peace. That's far from the whole quote. So Isaiah 9-6 is, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's the prophecy candle. Right. It's basically someone is coming. 
And it is in reference to historical times in Israel where they were either enslaved or just awaiting the Messiah that they believed is coming. I have music for that Advent Sunday. I don't know if you guys feel like including it. We sure. have it. Yeah. Um, so I have what would traditionally be sung on this Sunday from the Brigham Young University Choir. A little you know, info before we play the song that would typically be played along with this verse during Advent. Um, It's from a 12th century writing and the melody of the song was solidified in about the 15th century. Oh, come, oh, come And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Anyway, so the whole song is kind of sad sounding like that. Yes. Always has been. Song's been around for hundreds of years. Um, but it is often performed and tied to that verse because this was not necessarily a happy time no, in Israel's history. This is also from close to the time where we get Hanukkah, where, you know, they're in kind of dire straits mm-hmm. as a people. And so for somebody to come along and be like, no, 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 this is all about me. I find kind of tasteless. Right. Yeah. Just me. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so... In his website, he's got Isaiah 9-6, and then directly below it, he has this totally insane quote, and I'm reading a direct quote. Uh, He also has half of it in Hebrew. So thanks, Yahweh Ben Yahweh, for making me break out my high school Hebrew skills. So, Yahweh is God of gods. Yahweh is the covenant God of Israel. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yahweh Ben Yahweh is the son of Yahweh. His mission is to gather the first, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and then the moral people of earth. Yahweh ben Yahweh is here to establish peace and goodwill toward all God-loving men. He is here to establish the theocratic government of Yahweh by executing the laws, statutes, and judgments and commandments of Yahweh. Yahweh ben Yahweh is the grandmaster of the celestial lodge, Architect of the universe and the blessed and only potentate. He is here to set the captives free and cause them that are bound to stand perpendicular on the square of righteousness. For behold, one greater than Solomon is here. Oh. Totally sane. (laughs) Behold is a word we don't use much anymore. You know what? That's, I mean, it's a strong step in a very particular direction. (laughs) 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 I mean, like, if someone says behold, you listen. You listen. Oh. 
Yeah. Im- I listened the fuck imme- up real quick. <laughs> immediately. Um, I feel like if somebody says behold, they're either like the smartest of scientists or like the craziest of homeless people. <laughs> either way, I'm listening and I'm beholding. <laughs> behold. Huh? <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. I shit my pants. Oh. Oh. The- oh yeah. I thought he was a scientist. He just stole a lab coat. God damn it. <laughs> We had a homeless guy at work. They used to steal chef coats and then come in and try to buy knives and, and tell us his stories from the kitchen. Whatever floats your boats. I know. We know. He stole aware. to buy the knives. Here's what's even crazier. Had a chef coat and chef pants. Stole a whole chef outfit. From you guys? No, we don't sell either of those things. Oh. I mean, we sell coats, but very minimal. Like he had like a work coat. It was it was crazy. <laughs> you know that there was just a man shivering in the corner with his like rockabilly haircut and like you know yeah, just like <laughs> pork diagram. Because <laughs> you mean his cuts tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a very accurate yeah. hipster chef joke. <laughs> Every hipster chef I know has a tattoo of the cuts. Yeah. Um my I have a friend who uh, is is a chef and he talked about getting a tattoo of just the di- like a dinosaur with the cuts. That would be really, really funny. Cool. Oh, I like that. It's really funny. I used to like told you before I worked in the produce industry and right. I did sales for a I did on the restaurant side. Right. Every not every chef like 98% solidly. Yes. Yeah. yeah had yeah, the yeah. cuts tattoo. I'm like, "Oh. Oh, wow, that's so interesting." <laughs> I definitely haven't seen four exactly like no. it. No. Um I feel like I've seen some really cool, interesting ones recently at work, but yeah. Yeah, no, there's there, there can be they, they they actually are kind of cool. It's just yeah. it'd be cooler if there were less of them. I mean, I feel like it'd be cooler if they were more varied, because I yes. feel like I, I've seen almost the same exact one, like, a ton of times. Yes. This is like a sentence that could be applied so easily to racism or hate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Cool. They're cool. I'm fine. I don't have a problem with them. With so many. Just be better if there was less of them, you know? <laughs> Actually, it's because it'd be cooler if there was less yeah. of them, is what you said. That's so funny. I'm sorry. So, um, going back to that last paragraph from our our friend in the lab coat, uh, um, uh, for behold, behold, one greater than Solomon is here. Now, this reference to Solomon is super important. So, why is he referencing Solomon? This is also something that you see in uh, the African nation of the African Hebrew nation and a couple other like Coptic churches as well. So Solomon is one of the most revered kings of Israel, both in Bible history and Jewish history. He's a notable historical figure. Uh, He prayed to God for wisdom, was basically the story in the Bible. He amassed many, many treasures. Every once in a while, the History Channel goes looking for these treasures, mainly because said to be among the treasures of Solomon's temple is the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they're looking for it. I've already got that on Blu-ray. <laughs> I well, I don't know why people look for it because I'm like, yeah, it it brings destruction. Yeah. <laughs> like, leave it where it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone watches Curse of Oak Island. That could be just me. That's fine. Um, but they they're trying to find um 
treasure at like the bottom of this giant hole in Newfoundland, basically. Hmm. And everyone's while they're like, we don't know what's down there. It could be gold. It could be the Ark of the Covenant. I was like, I really hope it's gold. Uh, yeah, let's hope the former. Don't go in hoping for the Ark of the Covenant. That thing kills a lot of people. So it's almost like they didn't watch the ending of Indiana Jones. Or read any of the Bible. Like, or, I feel like, yeah, okay, like 90% of like the time me? the ark comes up, it's like, and a guy dies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, also melting Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, if you're interested, is said to contain artifacts from Israel's time wandering the deserts outside of Egypt. So, uh, that would be the original Ten Commandments, Aaron's Rod, which would occasionally produce water, or grew almonds. And then a pot of manna, the bread that fell from the sky. So, Solomon is also have said to have conferred with the Queen of Sheba. So, she was either from modern-day Yemen, or some Jewish scholars have argued that she came from modern-day Ethiopia. Um, Some accounts, if you believe the History Channel, have her and Solomon consummating a romantic relationship. Many who believe that refer to her as Queen Makeda, the wife of Solomon, Uh, So, had she produced children with Solomon, which we can't rule out, uh, they would, in fact, be black Israelites, and thus included under the blanket of the chosen people. That's interesting. Right. So, um, and some accounts also have her, they argue that she was uh, the Egyptian queen Hatshepsut. So, any way you slice it, she would have been African, essentially. Hmm. So if she and Solomon had had children, which we cannot prove they did or did not necessarily, um, had they had children, those would be black Israelites. They would also be the chosen people, which is kind of where this doctrine fits, where it's basically like, we are chosen, we are black, we are also Israelites, we share in this promise with you. Right. If that makes sense. It does. So that idea of Solomon being their link is present through pretty much every you know group that I have brought up thus far right it's super prevalent anytime you see it it even comes up sometimes in um Rastafarianism Mm -hmm. very interesting actually that is interesting so Yahweh Ben Yahweh developed a tight group of followers mainly pulled from this existing pool of doctrine okay um, and he geared them towards a doctrine of the rise of black dominion over the earth. So they wore all white robes and concentrated on wealth generation, which, oh yeah, they were like, white robes get money. Uh, not the worst plan. Like, if you're going to try and take over something, get money. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> like, that's pretty smart. Yeah, Wu-Tang got it on day one. Cream, cash rules everything around me. Hell yeah. Get the money. There you go. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. So they were charismatic. They invested in the community. They gained a huge following, um, eventually leading them to amass a fortune totaling somewhere between $8 million to a total reported possible $100 million by the mid-80s at the height of their popularity. Wait, we get to do my favorite thing. Yay! 80s math, 80s math. Hold your horses. <laughs> Let's pick a number. Should we say split it down the middle in 50, 60 um, million? Yeah, let's say let's 10. Say, that way we can multiply. Yeah, let's say 10 million. Okay. 10. All right. So what are we at dollar wise? 10 million dollars in 1980 equals 31 
million four hundred and seventy-seven thousand four hundred and forty-four dollars and fifty-nine cents. Well, let's say thirty-two million. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, <laughs> so they could have, like, in today's money, that would be anywhere from thirty-two million to three hundred million. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty big spread. Yes. Thank you, eighties math. Yeah. So they owned apartments, hotels, car services, specifically specializing in Rolls Royces. Yes. Uh, they owned stores, multiple temples, restaurants. Uh, they encouraged their followers to show off signs of wealth in the form of keeping their robes pristine white and investing in fancy all white Rolls Royces. Do you think Rolls Royce had? it in mind that they were going to corner the cult market you know i don't know i i think it's one of those things where they're like this is the height of luxury yeah and i feel like if we looked at a bunch of other luxury brands we would probably find a lot of the same stuff that's true there's no doom buggy i'll tell you that much (laughs) thank you charles manson (laughs) how's hell Uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty bad how do you feel that your gofundme page got shut down (laughs) it was so close. It was so close. I went, I would have spent all of that money on some doom buggies. Some sweet, <laughs> all-terrain, hell-riding doom buggies. <laughs> it so, hurts to talk like this. I believe it. I believe it. I'm going back to hell. <laughs> so they encouraged their followers to show off. Um, but in addition to this, they also put money back into the community. So a lot of people kind of didn't mind having them around because they were actually paying for like community action and like neighborhood centers and like sports programs and all kinds of stuff. Um, In the mid 80s, they were actually seen as a positive force in the black community and understandably so. So as the empire grew, uh, Yahweh Ben Yahweh became more and more controlling he wore a jeweled white turban that had, like, gold letters spelling out Yahweh across it. That's so weird. He stole my outfit. <laughs> uh, and he called himself the original Jew. Copycat. OJ, original OJ, Jewish. original Jew. I feel like, I'm like, no, there were so many before you. Yeah. <laughs> like, if anyone is the original Jew, like, Not so you, many. Not you, my friend. Right. I mean, but essentially, he's basically taking the place of Jesus. He's like, right, I'm the son right. of God. Follow me. I'm the whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, they had a giant, giant white church. Um, and it's all white, in, like, inside. It was, like, everything was just pristine white. And even now that it's been abandoned for ten years, it's still gorgeous on the inside. Oh, really? Yeah, there's pictures of it. And it's just like super cool looking it's a lot of like cool woodwork and but it's just like all white it was super interesting um he had hoped that he and his people would return to israel like the other african hebrew israelites but they were largely disowned from that group oh good right so the other group that went to basically form a commune in israel was like you can't come with us you can't commune with us you can't sit with us. You can't sit with us. On Wednesdays, we were white. Uh, Stop <laughs> trying to make an original Jew a thing. It's why not going to happen. are you white? <laughs> you can't just ask people why they're white. 
Um, but his robes, they're so white. They're so white. Uh, so to this day, they still, the few remaining members that are around, still purchase infomercial time. Oh. That was a big thing they did at like three and four in the morning. That just goes to show you, you cannot buy that shit you see at three or four in the morning. <laughs> Anyone can get a commercial. Not only should you not be cooking omelets in the microwave, you shouldn't yeah, be no listening shit. to the people in white. Don't be tempted by the Philips air fryer. Oh, that thing is a bullshit. You'll be $500 in and then be like, what the fuck did I just order? Wait, do you have? a Philips air fryer not anymore yeah okay good I, I like next anytime you want to buy a kitchen thing just call me and I will save you the money look I was weak I was vulnerable it was you, you 4 a.m. thought that you could have fried chicken that tastes as good as regular fried chicken but just in an air fryer my husband was not pleased <laughs> <laughs> the they chicken did. was so bad oh it's really bad well here's the thing about air fryer this is a total tangent it's fine but for anybody thinking of buying air fryers um they work amazing on frozen food. Oh. Not fresh food. The only thing I made that was kind of good was uh, potato, like chips, kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Those were good. Chicken? Horrible. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, we tried to do fresh french fries one time in one, and no. But then another time we put frozen pizza rolls in one. Fucking brilliant. Mm. Katie and I deep fried frozen pizza rolls in college when I got a deep fryer. Yeah. We deep fried everything. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good. I once, the other day, uh, I wanted french fries, but I didn't have any money for french fries, but I had potatoes and olive oil. You're not supposed to deep fry things in olive oil. Yeah, because it's it, got a low smoke point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I did it. And it worked, and it was great. Alton Brown deep fried in um, olive oil on one of his episodes on potato chips. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say you gotta kind of be careful in what pan you do it in. Oh yeah, I ruined a saucepan for my mother. Yes, I just destroyed, yes. <laughs> I owe her a saucepan. Yes, yeah. I yes. should have mentioned that part. Like, I it was a wild success. No, I <laughs> no. ruined a kitchen utensil that my mom loved. They I were mean, fifty-five dollar French fries, yeah. essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. fifty-five. Hey, look, I'm just being low. <laughs> You never know. Yeah, I remember when I was like, I didn't have money for it. I now especially don't have money for <laughs> right, it. Right, right. Um, so he started getting pretty controlling and a little worried <laughs> that maybe their plans for world domination were not going to come to fruition. Why? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they were on the right track where they were just like, let's get paper. They were and getting then invest in our community. And I'm like, this is a good plan. Yeah. You're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 1986, they started killing people. <laughs> Damn it, that's always where it goes left. I know, I know. Um, so the final number of killings by the cult is technically unknown. Um, but they think it's somewhere between 14 and 23 people. Good lord. It included multiple beheadings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one of the witnesses at the trial was a former temple member who had been attacked. A follower tried to behead her and tried to saw through her neck with a knife, but didn't finish. Oh, no. That's one of those things I don't think you want to live through. No. Like, I mean... Like, I would, if if it was me, I would have definitely testified. I think she did the right thing, because I would have been like, F you, I can only wear turtlenecks now. Yeah. But, like, holy crap. I, like, uh. I, and I couldn't, I looked everywhere to find out, like, how did she survive? No idea. Can you imagine going to the hospital, like, walking into the ER with your neck sawed in half? Like, I don't think you're walking at that point. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> perfect world. <laughs> right. You just right. stroll in. You're like, guys, Hold on, guys, guys, I've got a scratch. Guys, um, I'm going to need some assistance. It, well, and I, I don't know that you could speak at that point either. I was amazed that she was able to speak, but. Period. Period. But Anymore, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't find anything about basically what stopped him. Um, it sounded like, um, multiple of the beheadings were not done by people experienced in beheading people. Oh, yeah, you got to get an expert when you're trying to behead. And so they would have kind of dull implements. Like a butter knife? Well, like there was like a machete, but it was like a dull machete. Yeah, real bad. Got to use better tools or just two judo chops and a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Where was our judo chop friend when they needed him? Um, So another uh, another dissident, another guy was beheaded with a dull machete. Um, And then several random white people were murdered and their ears were collected as trophies. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, white people got great ears. (laughs) (laughs) I think she meant the just collecting of ears. (laughs) But yeah. Um, And they weren't necessarily people that the cult even really knew. They weren't people that had done anything against the cult. They were literally random people and it was considered retribution for... The killings that had come in the past. Mm. Which wow. is real rough. Because it's one of those things where it's like, man, yeah, bad shit happened in the past. And that is terrible. 100%. But, I mean, that guy needs his ears. Yeah. <laughs> like, also their heads. Um, But anytime anyone spoke out against the killings, those were the people that they were beheading. Because they were considered basically betrayers. So. It, oh, spoke out within the group. Right, so they were referred to as black blasphemers. So we're good. Within the group. Well, no, and then... (laughs) No, we're not? Oh, good. Well, they were targeting white devils. This is in 1986. How do they feel about Mexicans? Um, you know, jury's out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The waitress at the restaurant I was at the other day thought I was Mexican. Does that count? Was it your eyebrows? No! (laughs) I think it was my lip liner. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, not that your eyebrows speak to uh-huh, me any uh-huh, sort of way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> They're beautiful eyebrows. They're very well done. Mine have never been that perfect. Backpedaling. <laughs> Just kidding. Just saying. Um, tu eyebrows es muy caliente. <laughs> I used my favorite Sharpie. Okay. <laughs> For the lip liner? No. For the eyebrows. No, I, yeah, I got it. Oh, God. Have you ever seen somebody get them tattooed on? Yeah. I had an old coworker do that, and uh, she showed up, like, she still had to come to work, and so for, the, like, the next three days, they were just, like, swollen. Oh. She looked like a gorilla. It was yeah. hilarious. Ooh. It was the best. Well, thing. they do that new microblading one now, but it looks so painful. My friend just got it. She said it wasn't painful, and they look. It looks like real eyebrows. Really it looks incredible. She has no eyebrows. Had no uh, eyebrows. Now she has perfect eyebrows, and it looks like hair. It's amazing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's do it. Let's all do it. Let's go get tattooed. <laughs> Back to murder. <laughs> uh, so Robert Rosier. Rosier, Rosier, no, either idea. one. Uh, former football. Another player. one, Rosier, Rosier. 
It could be Rozier. <laughs> Rossier. Uh, a former football player for Cal Berkeley and the St. Louis Cardinals. I uh, was one of the chief witnesses in the 1990 trial where he confessed to four murders in service of Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Uh, he no. was part of an internal sect of the cult known as the Death Angels. So within the cult, there was an internal cult. A cult within a cult. Cult within a cult. Uh, called the Death Angels, and they were the ones that were basically the enforcers for Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Ah, I see. The Goon Squad? The Goon Squad. Um, another witness was Jean Solomon, Yahweh Ben Yahweh's sister, who testified that she and about 70 other members gathered into the Temple of Love, which was that big white church mm-hmm. I referenced earlier, and they watched a former karate champion, Leonard Dupree, get beaten to death with a tire iron. Oh, my God. Why? According to her testimony, after he was dead, Yahweh Ben Yahweh ordered her and the other woman to strike the body with a tire iron. Karate mm. can't beat tire iron. <laughs> why didn't he Raise just... your judo chops yeah, one say, tire why, iron. Why didn't he just judo chop them all and <laughs> shoot them? I mean, fuck the judo chops, just shoot them all. It's They're going to come out here with a tire iron. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, when asked to speak to the jury for himself, Yahweh Ben Yahweh introduced himself as the Grand Master of the Celestial Lodge, Architect of the Universe, Blessed and Only Potentate, and Founder of the Nation of Yahweh. He went on to say, I've been the Son of God all my life, but I didn't know it. This guy has been ripping me off nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, In 1990, Yahweh Ben Yahweh was charged with conspiracy to commit murder um, because the trial had also included racketeering charges. That's my favorite crime. Racketeering? Mm -hmm. Because it looks like some sort of fancy evil tennis? Kind of. And it's just, I don't know. It's so old timey. I mean, I know it's not. Like, it still happens. But, you know, I don't know. Racketeering. It's some mobster ass shit. It's mobster mobster ass shit. It's using crime money to pay for crime Mm -hmm. stuff. Well, and that's kind of what they were arguing, and that was the only way that they could tie Yahweh Ben Yahweh directly to the killings, is that he was using the money that they were getting from all of their businesses, and allegedly, you know, the money that they would have been giving into the community, giving it to his goon squad, essentially, the Death Uh. Angels, to commit these murders. Um, But the racketeering charges were dismissed. They were basically... They they cleared all the racketeering charges, which means they could only charge Yahweh Ben Yahweh with conspiracy to commit murder. Why not? Did he not do any of the murders himself? No, he sent other people to do it. Oh. But here's the thing. If the racketeering charges has gone through, if he'd been convicted of that, then basically by association, yes, he did cause those murders. Right. Right. Um, also, is is my understanding? We might have to cut this out because I might be stupid. But it's, my, <laughs> it's my understanding that uh, for racketeering to go through, you have to be found guilty of like two other counts of stuff or a certain number because you have to be you have to be found guilty for what the illegal money is coming from and. Uh, for how you're using that money to do something illegal. Yeah, and well, then you, you have, have to, to put them together. You have to be obtaining it illegally as well as using it illegally. Yeah. So you have to, for it to win. Be racketeering. You have yeah. to win multiple like accusations to get that. So, well, and essentially, what it's a I badge think, of honor. Is what yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's why it got dismissed because while they were using the funds illegally, they weren't necessarily obtained illegally. Yeah. They were making them. Um, I think the way that they probably tried to argue that they were obtained illegally, it yeah. would be to be like, we knew this money was going to be for this, and so we're telling you that it's for, you know, so fraud, essentially. Right. 
Yeah, that's why it's it's tough it's, to prove. It's harder to get, but um, yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's so cool if you can get it, get that Rico act going on. Well, and that's the <laughs> other thing that's tough too with Rico. You have to like essentially prove a chain. Sorry, like no, that's fine. Marie is just uh, Marie is just uh, doing hit, a lot of blow. Yeah, hitting lines. <laughs> She's not. We I'm mentioned not. we mentioned racketeering. We and can't she afford was, that. And she was like, "Ah, oh, hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> racks on racks." Um, I don't have nose hair, so when my nose runs, <laughs> we can please cut that out. It is what? Out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? First of all, how did you find this out? Secondly, is this some sort of weird childhood disease? Thirdly, what? I think it's a beauty thing. He's right. I paid to not have nose hair. <laughs> Wait, so did you get it lasered out? No, you wax it out. What? Yeah, okay. it doesn't hurt. You can just get it, like, cut with the trimmer. Nah, thing. you gotta pull that shit out. Okay. But then when your nose runs, there's nowhere for it to go. Um, <laughs> so it's like, oh, fuck. I gotta ask, how often do you get your nose hairs waxed? Um... Well, I'm Italian, so my hair grows really fast. Right? Yeah, no, I'm familiar. <laughs> I'd say bi-weekly. Okay. So the same time you would get, like, upper when I lip get, and... Well, I don't do upper lip. Okay. Um, I like to look like Burt Reynolds or Tom Selleck. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I don't have a mustache. But uh, <laughs> I, do get my, I do get my eyebrows done bi-weekly, and that's okay. when I also get my nose hair waxed. Gotcha. Beauty tips. <laughs> I think it's bad for you. Okay. I think you need nose hair, but. I mean, I think you probably have it for a reason. Yeah, but I find it overrated. Okay. <laughs> it gets in the way of all that blow she's doing. This, this is probably all going to stay in, by the way. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> so uh, he was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. And the other four followers, uh, there were originally 12 followers on trial. I'm sorry, 14 followers on trial. They dismissed nine of them. Okay. And then charged four with first degree murder. And then Yahweh Ben Yahweh with conspiracy. Okay. So he petitioned for parole. When? um, In early 2001. Okay. um, Because his father was dying. Oh. And he was trying to get out in time to see his father. And it was not initially granted. Oh. Um, His father died... About two days after the petition, he did petition again and was released later that year on the condition that he not contact any members of the church. Do we know if he has? Um, from what I could find, he did not. Okay. Um, he passed away in 2007. Oh, okay. So he, he is dead. A few members that had been in prison, one of them was eligible for parole in 97. I don't believe he is gotten it yet i think the rest are still in prison i feel like a beheading crew is gonna they're gonna have you know what yeah they're gonna just stay in for a bit um as i did say the church still exists they still update the website although in a much much subdued form um according to the southern poverty law center In recent years, Nation of Yahweh literature has played down the cult's racism and eliminated calls for violence. Good. The group remains black supremacist and is heavily laced with anti-Semitism. Interesting. Wait. Yeah. That's... What? I know. Yeah, that's weird. Explain yourself. They're white. Wait. Wait. Oh. The... 
What? So uh, other against, Jews are white. So they're against Jews that are white. I think they're just against white people. Oh. Which, that's... I mean, like, I get it. <laughs> like, I work with them every day. Yeah. They're they're pretty rough. I but record like... a podcast with two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't have nose hair. <laughs> earlier, earlier, Armando asked me to name uh, top five salads, and I instantly had a salad ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't even like, what salad was it? Uh, it was... <laughs> It was strawberry goat cheese walnut. That is good. That's you know, a good one. I like a simple butter lettuce with a pecorino. And Not bad. And the Do you know what lemon I said? Vinaigrette. I said Caesar because that's what you get <laughs> at any Italian restaurant. All I right? do like Caesar. Salad. My second choice is going to be a southwestern chicken with those tortilla chip crispies. Mm-hmm. My second choice was Caesar with chicken in it. It's or just... Chinese chicken from California Chicken Cafe. You know, I also really like an arugula salad that's just lemon juice and olive oil and goat cheese. Ooh. And that's it. A salt and pepper as well. Right. I like a simple, hmm. simple salad. What have I done? <laughs> this is your doing. I will white girl you to death. <laughs> uh, you sound like my mom. Do I need to call this cult? <laughs> no. <laughs> please don't. No, please, I'm please kidding. Don't. I'm half white. I'm kidding. I, I won't. And also, I, I I should mention thank you to Crystal Adams, one of my great friends, a hilarious comic. Please check her out. Oh, because she suggested this one. So, Crystal, I tend to do a lot on the Instagram account, and I stalk the shit out of her because I Wait, think really? her Instagram is so cool. I stalk it from the Cult Podcast Instagram. I'm like, she's the best Instagram. Yeah, well, she's and she great looks like a lot of fun. Oh, she's awesome. So Crystal's great. She should know that, I guess. She, or maybe she's not. Like my first line of defense to run jokes against, cool. typically. Yeah, cool. she's super funny. If you get a chance to see her, she does shows all over LA. Highly nice. recommend it. Um, but she basically said she was like, "Hey, have you guys done any of the black cults yet?" And I was like. Are there some? Like, I have a list of a hundred, and I don't think none that are definitively. And she gave me this one, and then two others. One of them was the, um, the uh, one that was connected with this one, the African Hebrew Israelites. Um, but thank you because it was crazy and super amazing and tons of murder. So yeah, it's a good one. This is a really really good one. So thank you, Crystal. Thank you for the tons of murder. We define good in this in this category as lots of murder. I mean, you know how Michael Jackson used bad to mean good? That's what we're doing the opposite. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like we use murder to mean fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So thank you, and as always, don't drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, don't drink that. Nope.